Davos headlines have dominated the media this week as over 2,600 global decision makers attended the biggest World Economic Forum annual meeting ever held in the Swiss resort town. Against a backdrop of unprecedented economic and geopolitical uncertainty, heads of at least 40 countries and 634 CEOs from the world's leading companies gathered to discuss solutions to the planet's biggest challenges. Investex, SA and UK CEOs Richard Wainwright and Ruth Lees attended the event and in the last of this three-part Investec Focus Radio Davos Debrief podcast, they share the insights they gleaned from all the back-to-back -back meetings, lectures and dinners. Here they are in conversation with the editor of Business Maverick, Tim Cohen. Hello everybody, welcome again. We are sitting at Davos on our third day. We are completely frazzled. I am interviewing once again Richard Wainwright and Ruth Lees, the heads of the South African and London banks of Investec. My name is Tim Cohen, I'm the editor of Business Maverick. We decided that we were going to talk a little bit about South Africa. South Africa was a bit of a focus over the last day or so, mainly because we had a great party. And that's, uh, this is obviously the thing that South Africa does well, and we put it out there on display. Tell us, first of all, Richard, about the event, the formal sort of part of the thing, the non-party part of it. Yeah, Tim, that was an event which uh, South African ministers, their delegation led by Minister Patel, really presenting the South African case to investors that may have been in the room. And he ran it pretty well. I mean, they were very realistic, first of all, so set the, the scene around our energy crisis and our issues of corruption, which we have to deal with. That goes without saying. But uh, the session was to talk about everything else. And so we had a number of foreign investors from fairly large companies that had invested in South Africa quite significantly over the last few years. One of the leaders was the global CEO of Allianz, who had recently done a very large transaction with Summer. Um, and he spoke very favorably about you know, his assessment of South Africa. He is about all understand the risks. Together with uh, the, the previous uh, CEO of Volkswagen South Africa, who currently is now heading up globally Volkswagen's passenger vehicles and, and other investors. So it had a positive spin to it. Right. Um, maybe a little bit too rosy for, for some people, but, but there was some realism in it. I mean, we, we have an energy crisis. We are not going to grow as an economy. We will not get the investment until we sort that out. And, you know, the president's absence was noted because he has to deal with that. Right. So, yeah, that was the formal part. And as you say, followed by the, uh, the function in the evening, which I must say, I've, this is my third time that I've attended it. And all compliments to, to Brand SA. They did an incredibly good job. I think the previous ones that I've attended were very low key, somewhat embarrassing, actually. This was exceptional. It was very good. We had, it was in the right location. Um, it had the right spirit, the right ambiance, uh, the right presence, 600 odd people, I think Brand SA were telling me, and it, it had a very good feel to it. Yeah, and it was right in the kind of center of action in the World Economic Forum, and people sort of drifted in, you know, it was quite out in the open. I mean, it was just extraordinary. Yeah, it was very good. You know, you, you showed the spirit of South Africans, um, and uh, it is recognized that we are a resilient people in a resilient country. But for us as business people and, and you know, particularly as bankers, we know we can do so much more. Yeah. And that's the challenge for South Africa is 
is how do we get our industrial policies right? How do we do deal with these major crises that we're dealing with it and get back on a growth path? You know, government's number one priority should be to grow and create jobs. That's their priority in life. That's what they get elected for. So, you know, let's hope we, we get back on that path. Ruth, did you enjoy the party? Did you bump into people that you wanted to bump into and was it fun? Tim, it was absolutely excellent. Right, as you say, right at the entrance of the Congress Hall, beautiful South African colours, beautiful music, people going in and out and uh, really a positive glow for South Yeah, and the South African business people have been on panels right through the week. They've really put up a good showing. I think it's been just incredible. I think from, uh, you know, yesterday, we had the governor of the Central Bank, Lesetje Kenyako, I sat on a, on a panel discussing a central bank digital currencies, and he was a shining star. Um, and uh, in fact, the, he, he spoke about things that uh, as a, I didn't even know about, around uh, the experimentation and the work that they've done on these digital country, cur- uh, currencies, together with 14 other satellite countries, yep. and testing payment rails. So he was very impressive, as he normally is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, followed by some others. I, I went to a session today where uh, Patrick Lamini, the CEO of the Development Bank, spoke about the route to decarbonisation around the globe and how South Africa is going to play its role and its challenges we've got as we go through this just transition. Right. There's been a lot of talk in the last few days around green tech, the investment in technology, and how, to, how do we accelerate this. And Ruth, you, you must have been following a little bit the British representation here. I mean, it was very interesting because even though the British Prime Minister is not here, the leader of the opposition is. <laughs> so obviously they are, are wanting to present their case. Do you think that uh, the British public will like what they hear? They came out strongly today, Starmer and Reeves. Right. Certainly making their position known as to why they were here and flying the flag for the United Kingdom. Yeah, I saw. I, I heard Keir Starmer say that he thought that the, that the Prime Minister should be here. So we're going to have a little bit of fun now. We're, I, I'm just going to throw out a couple of questions about people that you've met and uh, people that you've bumped into. One of the things about the World Economic Forum is that you always just bump into somebody who uh, is doing something weird or something unusual. Richard, do you bump into anybody that was uh, particularly impressive or particularly unusual? And, um, I think the session today that both Ruth and I attended, run by Richard Quest from CNN, was a very dynamic conversation. I mean, he, he, he's, he's a very good interviewer, and uh, he's very to the point, and he holds his panel very much on topic, and he put people on the spot. And uh, I'll let Ruth tell the story how the managing director of the IMF responded to him trying to put on the spot. <laughs> Tell us, Ruth. What this was it? definitely the most entertaining session of the entire World Economic Forum. Richard Quest met his match in the head of the IMF, Mr. Lena Georgieva. <laughs> and uh, this was all about the how fast, you know, what is the velocity of climate change? And Richard Quest was not interested in hearing a restatement of the problem statement, he wanted to understand what is the action, how are we going to change this. So many jokes around, what number cop is this? You know, 28. You know, by the time you've reached number 28, surely you've made more progress than than has actually been made. And uh, he, Kristalina Georgieva definitely felt that the whole world is in the same boat. 
And uh, Richard Quest spoke about, oh, are we all riding then on the Queen Mary? And she turned around and said, I hate to tell you, but we're on the Titanic. <laughs> and this, uh, you know, had rupturous applause and big laughter. But her real thrust was that the way forward for this is really to get global cooperation. That if, if she had a magic wand, you would get the US, uh, Europe, the UK, India, China, all in a room together to coordinate a way forward yeah. on climate. I have to say, my, my favourite little snippet from the conference was, you know, when we started these conversations, we were, we were talking about polycrisis. And there was a panel in which Niall Ferguson, who's a historian, very sort of contrary sort of historian, and the person who actually coined the phrase, the historian who coined the phrase polycrisis, was, was on the same panel. And he, Niall Ferguson, said, uh, you know, I don't like the word polycrisis. It's like polystyrene. <laughs> you know, Tim, I suppose the other thing, just thinking about it, you know, what really stood out for me has been uh, in the first few days was the Ukrainians that came here. Yeah. Uh, you know, trying to understand what it took for them to get here, to leave a war-torn country, to get through their borders, to put themselves at personal risk. Um, so we had, you know, the, prime, the Deputy Prime Minister of the Ukraine is, is a woman, she was here. Um, it was quite interesting, the, the, the woman leaders, the bravery of the woman leaders that are confronting that war. So the, the President of Moldavia was here, yeah. sat on a panel. And uh, uh, the, the Prime Minister, Yaselensky's wife, spoke on the first day. And then the Prime Minister of Finland, who recently applied to join NATO, Yep. is a woman too. And she came on and spoke on a panel specifically on the Ukrainian crisis. Yeah. So it, it's, in, on reflection, it was quite a, quite a thing that, yeah. to, to see that. Yeah, and I think we did talk about this a little bit before, but there is quite a, there's a marked increase in women politicians and leaders and also participants in the, um, it's just good to see. So, I mean, I think somebody did a tally of the overall numbers and of course, the, you know, men are still outnumber women by quite a proportion, but the numbers are increasing. And who, who do you think really came out of this with their reputation enhanced? Is there anybody who, who, uh, who really made the best of the World Economic Forum? I was very, very impressed with Ursula von der Leyen. Okay. She spoke incredibly strongly, strength and conviction, and you almost felt that the EU was really a united. Yes, yeah, force. for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> As if she was speaking for, for one country. You know, we all know there's a lot of differentiation within the bloc, but really had a very clear plan, felt like there was stability and they could focus on the long-term forward vision rather than dealing with issues that are current right now. Yeah. Um, Richard, anyone jump out? You know, no, I, I can't think of anyone or fan. I would just say in reflection, you know, there was no very senior leaders from the Biden administration. Yes. Senator, there was a senator that I saw today from Virginia, spoke very well about uh, how the US has supported Europe and, and what's happening in the oil and gas industry and uh, the decarbonisation industry in the US. He was, he was very, very good. Yes, I think he was even asked, was this Manchukan? He was even asked whether he was going to stand. Yes. But, well, I mean, and, uh, avoided he, that question. He wasn't, <laughs> wasn't out of the, wasn't, he wasn't saying no. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> no one ever does. So no, he was quite, he, he was impressive to me. Yeah. And, and bumping into people, 
I mean, I, I must say that my my sort of moment, there's always a kind of serendipitous moment. My serendipitous moment was bumping into Rolf Buerta, who's the head of Sequoia. And I'm actually uh, reading a book about... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 it was extraordinary. I actually introduced to him somebody from the South African uh, WEF Shapers, um, who's an IT guy. And he said to me, who, who do I speak to about investment here? And I said, I know the very guy. <laughs> And I don't think anything will come of it anyway. The real highlight for me, Tim, was uh, meeting with Al Gore. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Investec was named as one of the top 100 global sustainability corporations. And he spoke beautifully. Uh, really, I guess he missed being the president just by... By a whisker. By a whisker. And uh, <laughs> you could certainly see that in him coming across and his absolute passion continuing for the fight to drive, you know, climate change and uh, to make the world a better place. So it was actually very refreshing. And he spoke about what amazing work to do that you wake up every day knowing that what you are doing brings about positive transformation for all. Did he give you your prize? Was he the... <laughs> it was really a session for everybody to receive their award. So yeah, a fantastic dinner and uh, wonderful achievements made by corporations. The winning company actually is, is working on green steel and uh, making okay. good profits out of green steel. Fascinating company. So many stories like that were shared on the evening. Okay. Um, I think, I, I, Tim, I think you can't underestimate what's happening around the world of the investment and the innovation around green technology. Yes. Whether steel, hydro or otherwise, it, it came across very strong here and it is going to accelerate. There's lots of incentives in place. Yes. No, that's right. I was going to ask about what the takeaways were, and I mean, that's undoubtedly one of them. Yeah. It seems like all of the European countries are absolutely determined now, A, to make the clean energy transition and to try and reap the benefits in the kind of reindustrialization process yeah. that, that entails. All righty. Well, thank you so much for uh, the conversations. That's just been too much fun. I hope our listeners get something out of it. There's a, there's a couple of forums tomorrow, but they sort of kind of lightweight, and then there's a sort of farewell dinner. So we're going to wrap it up at this point. Thanks, uh, thanks a million, and see you next year, hopefully. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Tim. Thank you for listening to this special edition of Investec Focus Radio SA. Please take a moment to rate this conversation and to subscribe to the channel wherever you get your podcasts. The views expressed are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily represent the views of the firm and should not be taken as advice or recommendations. Investec Bank Limited, an authorized financial services provider and registered credit provider.